Good afternoon. I'm very excited to have Frida with me. Hi, Frida. Would you like to introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about yourself? Hi, my name is Frida McFadden, and I am an author of uh, mostly psychological thrillers, although I've written a couple of medical humor novels, and I'm very happy to be here today. <laughs> yeah. Um, did you always know that you wanted to write? I've always known that I wanted to write. Like I've always been writing since I was like a kid, like eight or nine years old, I was writing stories. And even before that, like I had my dolls performing like very, very elaborate little plays. It was extremely, oh. Pixie oh. <laughs> lights to come yeah. <laughs> Um. But uh, I never thought I'd be, you know, a writer or an author. I still don't really consider myself that, you know, it's one of those things like, you know, you say to your parents, I want to be a writer and like, okay, what would, what's the real job that you want to have? That's like, I want to be a princess or I want to be, I don't know, an astronaut. Astronaut's a real job, but I'm just saying something that, that seems unlikely. Um, so um, I, I've always enjoyed it and I've always wanted it to be part of my life. But um, I never really thought of being an author, exactly. And what made you sit down one day and say, okay, that's it, I'm gonna do it, I'm gonna sit down and write a book? Well, I've been writing books since like age maybe 10. Like I have so many books, they're all in these little marble notebooks in my mom's house in the bedroom, like in a big stack, they're all, I'm sure, terrible. And, um, I've been submitting to publisher, like to agents and stuff since I was about 20. So I would, um, you know, the people who are writers know the process, you know, you, you, you submit it to the agent, they, you know, a couple of chapters, they ask for a little bit more and then they tell you, oh no, uh, we're not interested, sorry. <laughs> I did actually land an agent when I was um, 22, but nothing came of it. I didn't um, get a book deal. But I kept writing just for fun. And, you know, I'd sometimes publish it online, like some fan fiction site, wherever. And, uh, but then when self-publishing became a thing, I was like, wow, now I don't have to deal with agents anymore. I can just put my stuff out there. And, uh, and that was just what opened all the doors for me. And why psychological fiction? What made you choose that? Was that accidental? Is that what you read or? Yeah, I, your dog is so cute. I'm like wanting my cat now, but she would never <laughs> allow that. She would, like, it would be more likely to get my teenager to sit on my lap and let me stroke her <laughs> than my cat. <laughs> she just tries to be in the limelight, I think. I had to comment on that. Um, but yeah, psychological fiction. I love reading it. I've always loved it. Um, ever since I could remember, uh, like when I was a teenager, I guess this isn't psychological fiction, but Lois Duncan was one of my favorites as a teenager. She wrote these kind of scary, more supernatural, but, um, and when I read something I love, it makes me, it inspires me. It makes me want to write. So I was, you know, inspired by the things I wrote and I still read a lot of psychological fiction, although I like to mix it up. Um, and read some other stuff. I think the last couple books I've read have not been uh, thrillers. So. Um, a lot of authors I talk to say that they can't read the genre that they're writing in case they accidentally pick up the author's voice. Is that something that you find to be a problem? 
Um, that is definitely something I worry about a little bit. Um, I think I happen to think I write a little different than a lot of psychological thriller writers. I think my, my stuff is kind of, some people were like, it's psychological thriller meets chick lit because I kind of have a sense of humor a little bit. And I try to keep things light, even when terrible things are happening. Uh, not always, but it's what I try to do. And I haven't seen that many authors who write like that. So I think, um, I think that's something that's unique that I do. So I don't worry about being like someone else, but I do love when I find an author that has a sense of humor too. Um, so I'm always looking for that. <laughs> yeah, I must admit some of my favorite crime books are, are with that little bit of humor as well. I don't know why. Yeah, I think you got to laugh in life. Otherwise you just, you go crazy, so. Um, do you hide any secret jokes or Easter eggs in your books? Oh, so I'm, I'm a huge fan of The Simpsons, like the TV show. Um, and when I say that, I mean season one through nine, season 10 and on is like dead to me. I only, <laughs> so those are classic Simpsons. So I'll, every couple books, I'll put in a little Simpsons joke. And I'm just like hoping people will notice it and be like, this is so cool. You put in this joke from The Simpsons. <laughs> and um, usually nobody does notice. And even when I point it out, like, they're like, what? <laughs> I, don't know. Uh, I guess it was too long ago. Um, and I'll also throw in stuff from some of my other favorite shows. Like you'll, you'll see sometimes things from like Seinfeld or, you know, some, some shows I really like, and just like, like paraphrase stuff. Like they're kind of in jokes that people, I hope who love those shows that I love will get a smile out of. Well, hopefully when I read the rest of your books, I'll spot the Seinfeld ones. Cause I love Seinfeld and I've oh, seen, I love them that all, show. seen them all lots. So I showed it to um, my older daughter recently and she just didn't get it. And like, she's like, it's not that good, mom. And I was like, it's so funny. The bubble boy, how could you not think the bubble boy is funny? Um, but she, I think it was like a little dated, I guess. I yeah. don't know. Plus, I'll you know. Like, oh, there's just no hope for the youth of today. Yeah, yeah, that could be it. That could be it. Seinfeld is awesome. <laughs> It's the best. And I'm from New York. So it's especially like everything had so much meaning to me. And like Seinfeld, his parents are so much like my grandparents. It was like <laughs> scary. <laughs> oh, wow. That's uh, <laughs> that must have been fun. Yeah. Like the I think there was something where they like they keep the air conditioner like they like the house is like a million degrees and they don't understand like like it's hot in here and they're like really it's hot no no this is fine this is fine <laughs> and then they like they have dinner at like three in the afternoon or something and, and then oh. like, you know <laughs> breakfast the night before <laughs> yeah yeah, so yeah. just like them <laughs> um how do you choose character names I actually published an, auth uh, an article about this recently. Um, you know, I, I'm, I really want the um, names to be age appropriate because if you have like some character who's like 20 and her name is Mildred, you're just fighting a losing battle there. And in movies, it doesn't matter. In TV shows, it doesn't matter because you see what the person looks like. But when you're reading a book, a lot, I think, depends on the name. 
So I'll just go to like a list, like, okay, the character's born in 1985. I'm going to go to a list of the top baby names of 1985 and try to get some ideas from that. And I also mentioned the article that I, I often steal like my um, friends' children's names because they're all like these cute trendy names. So like they give me ideas <laughs> and most of them don't know I do it. So that's okay. <laughs> awesome. It's a question I stopped asking and then I started asking again because actually the answers were starting to get really interesting. I didn't realize how difficult authors found it to choose character names. So it's hard. It's hard. And I sometimes I accidentally reuse names. Um, like I, I recently had to change a bunch of names in a book that was coming up because I was like looking back at an old book. I was like, oh, no, like I had a major character with this name. There are more names. Like you'd think in my head there's only like 20 names because I, I can't help but use the same names over and over. <laughs> and um, when you're editing your books, is there a word or phrase that you particularly overuse? Um, yes, but I, you know, I become aware of it. People will um, like comment on it on reviews and online. There's this thing um, in one of the uh, reader groups where everybody um, comments that authors say too often what was it uh she let out a breath she didn't know she was holding and I think I've done that before like you're like really nervous and you're like and then like you're not nervous and you're like, oh. I was like I didn't even know I was holding that breath so that can happen that that, <laughs> that was um but it, it happens maybe a little bit more than it should in books so <laughs> I'm not gonna say that anymore I'm aware of that um another review I got made, said, I think. <laughs> Within the first few chapters of The Housemaid, I noticed it because it has become such a thing, but it was appropriate, so. Yeah, yeah, it, it happens. It's a real thing. What else? Um, somebody said, oh, your characters bite their lips too much. You know, but I, I do that all the time. Like, I try not to because it makes your lips more chapped. So I'm, like, making a conscious effort to not do it in real life and also not do it in my writing. So that's another one. What else? Um, oh, uh, eyebrows. Like somebody wrote in a review, Frida's characters have such expressive eyebrows. They're always <laughs> furrowing their brows or raising their eyebrows or scrunching their, and I'm, I'm like, okay, no more, I, I get it. No more eyebrow stuff. I'm gonna stop. So I, I learn a lot from hearing this feedback. <laughs> and who's your first reader for your books? <laughs> Uh, play my mom. She, uh, as soon as I finish, I usually like send it right to her. And um, I don't know if her feedback is that helpful, <laughs> but I just like, I just want somebody to see it like right away. So, um, and she will just drop everything she's doing and read it. So I'm like, <laughs> okay. And, and, you know, she doesn't always like them, you know, you want to, be like okay it's your mom she's gonna like everything you do you could just like write your name in crayon on the paper and she'll be like this is amazing but she's she's kind of critical sometimes she'll be like yeah this is not your best uh maybe you should publish this under a different name because <laughs> I don't think your readers would like it wow but I still like sending them to her I don't know <laughs> Uh, but which of your books was the biggest labor of love, the hardest one to write? Um, I think, 
you know, the housemaid, which was very popular, was was hard to write. I struggled with it a lot. And it was it was running long. Usually my drafts are like 60,000 words, like way too short. And this one, I was already at 60,000 and I realized I had so much more to write. And I was like, oh no, (laughs) I need to get a move on. This book is going way too long. And like, it just, it wasn't feeling right somehow, but I, I fixed it. You know, that was why I wanted to go with a traditional publisher for that book because I knew it had issues. Like, I felt like there was something special there but I knew it had issues and I didn't know how to fix them. And they really helped me fix those issues. And uh, how did that come about? Did you send it out to agents and publishers? No, they actually came to me. Um, I, you know, I was going about my business, having fun self-publishing as always. And then um, the editor, uh, Ellen uh, Gleason from Book the Tour actually sent me an email and she's like, we love your books would you consider publishing with us and I was like thank you but no thank you I'm happy doing what I'm doing and she's what can I say she's very convincing and (laughs) here I am and I'm so glad I did it um you know they really did a great job with that book I probably never would have published it and so many people really enjoyed it so I'm so grateful that she talked me into it and have you got more books to come with them or was it just a one book deal? So I, I do have a sequel that I already wrote. Um, I wrote it last month and they're going to publish it in March. And I don't know what the future will hold, but that one's definitely going to be in March. And I also have you know, one that I'm self-publishing that's coming out next month. Um, do you write the end when you finish a book or when do you actually celebrate finishing it? Is it after all the edits are finished? Uh, you know, I feel like my first drafts lately have been pretty clean. So when I write the end, I feel like I let out a breath that I didn't know I was holding. I just, <laughs> I, I'm like, okay, this is like, I, I take a break. I'm like, I'm, I'm done for a little while. And then I send it to my mom and I, you know, step away a bit. So, um, yeah, I, I, I mean, I definitely editing is still a big process. I, I take it very, very seriously, but I think my, my first drafts lately have been pretty close to where it ends up being. Nice. Um, you have quite a busy day job. So are you quite strict in, uh, fitting in writing time or do you just try and write when you can? Yeah, it's, it's, Really, when I can, um, I do have a busy day job. I'm a doctor, um, but I'm, I'm sort of part-time. So, you know, I do get home early in the afternoon a lot so I can write then. Um, and, you know, I my writing is done in very, very big blocks. So if I know I have like either a week off or like a week that's not too busy, I'll be like, I'm gonna start writing this week and write as fast as I can. And I can, I can write a lot in a day if I'm really focused. I think I once wrote 10,000 words in a day and then I had to go throw up because it was awful and not recommended, but I can do it if I'm in the zone. Um, have your kids expressed an interest in your writing yet? Uh, they... I mean, they're, they're interested in kind of like a, a oh, that's interesting <laughs> that mom writes kind of way. Um, 
my uh, my older daughter recently read The Housemaid. She had read One by One before, but she actually liked better. She was like, The Housemaid is not as good as your other book. So um, she it was she used to love to read, and now she just you know YouTube like TikTok. I mean, it's just there's too many things. Like when I was a child. I had one doll and I was lucky to have that. And she's got all these things that she can, she can do. And um, it's just reading is just fallen by the wayside. So, and my younger daughter has never liked to read. Um, she's like, she thinks books are boring, although she does like to write. So I, I said to her, you have to, you have to read so you can become a better writer. But she's, she's, she definitely thinks she knows better than me. And she's, she's gonna um, be a writer without reading one book. So no, she's, she's read a couple of books. I do know, I think maybe two very good writers that don't read, but that's it. <laughs> I mean, I, I think it's possible, certainly, you know, there are some people who do it and are very good at it. And, you know, you could make the argument, I guess, that maybe you're gonna be more creative if you haven't been exposed to other things but I don't know I, I feel like most writers say also love to read if that's just my experience and it, it I think it especially when I was younger I learned so much from looking at what other writers did like their techniques and their ways of building suspense and I think without all the reading I did I mean I was when I was younger I would read like one book a day I was like insane I think one night I couldn't sleep. I woke up during the middle of the night and I just read a whole book. Like I just spent my entire night reading. So I'm just, I'm a reading addict. I done that yesterday with The Housemaid. I think I started it about three in the afternoon and finished it maybe nine o'clock last night. I love it when people say they finished my book in a day that they couldn't put it down. That's like what I'm going for is the unput downable quality. So yeah. I love hearing that. And uh, that's achieved what a lot of authors dream of, and that's being made into a TV show. Is that right? <laughs> so no, the housemaid. So it's it's a it's a it's a long story, but it's not. Some people are like the housemaid is going to be a movie. It's 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 so not. It's it's been optioned by um, Hidden Pictures, financed by Lionsgate, which means that they have the option to buy it and make it into a movie. Now they do seem very dedicated, but like I, there are so many things that need to happen before it becomes a movie. Um, I think the only way I'll know for sure it's become a movie or a TV show is when I'm watching it in the theater <laughs> or on TV. And I'll be like, okay, they did it. But until that moment, like I, I won't, be sure that it's going to happen. So I obviously I'm hopeful because it would be so cool, but it's not even, it's like a glimmer <laughs> in the eye yeah. right now. So we'll see. We'll see. Um, out of all your books, is that the one that you would have chosen to be uh, made into a film or would you have chosen a different one if you had the choice? I think, um, I also think my book, The Locked Door, would make a really good movie. Um, but this one, I think it's very topical. I think it's about a movie about women kicking butt, which is one of my favorite topics. So I would love to see that in a movie, especially now. I think right now women need to be kicking butt. So I would love that. I, I think 
that would be my first choice at this point in time. We'll have to get on to whoever is in charge of these things <laughs> and yeah. tell them it's this one <laughs> that you need to do. I wish I knew them, but. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm hopeful. I think the um, Hidden Pictures has been awesome. I, I, I think they're dedicated, but as I said, so many obstacles. So I believe in their dedication. I just, you know, it, it's such a hard thing. If you had that dream of casting your characters? Oh, who would I make? Yeah. Characters? Yeah, I, I, I had some ideas. I was posting this in my reader group um, that I wanted, uh, that I wanted, and now I'm forgetting everyone's name, but um, Kristen Bell, did I make that name? Kristen Bell, right? <laughs> um, to play uh, Nina. And um, uh, who did I want? I wanted um, the guy who plays Thor, Chris Hemsworth, to play Andy. Because, not because I think he'd necessarily be good in a role, but I just, I like him a lot. <laughs> and of course, any movie I would make, you know, I would want him to be part of it in some way. <laughs> like, so... And some random hot Italian guy to play Enzo. So, so I, you know, I, but whoever they pick, I'm sure it will be wonderful. Um, I'm just like, I just want to know who it is. Like, I, like it would be just exciting to see it come to life. It would, yeah. It would make a brilliant film, actually. So, um, are you a visual writer? Do you picture your book as you write it, or do you just see the words and write them down? Um, I think I, I'm more of a, like a word person, like as I'm like walking around, like taking walks, I'm like doing dialogues in my head. Like this person said this first thing, this person said this thing. Um, and I, a lot of the time I can't picture anything. So I guess I'm a less visual person. Like, I don't know. And that's, I think that's why I'm not as good at description because I can't visualize anything. So like when I'm describing things, I'm like, oh, now I have to like think of what this person actually looks like because I don't even know. So <laughs> Yeah, I'm the same. And some people find it really odd that you can't picture, but I can't either when I read or when I write, I can't. It's not a picture. It's just the words come in. And yeah, people find that weird. Yeah, I mean, it's just a different way of thinking. Um, I think I'm better at picturing things in other people's books. Maybe, I don't know. But in my own, like everything, everything, every person is just like an amorphous blob with like, a, like their face is just like the, you know, like in the, the court thing where they blur out your face, like when it's a, a witness, nobody can see. So that's what everyone looks like. But some writers, particularly the biggest writers like that, because then you're making up your own mind of what they look like. And they're not. Yeah, I think some, some readers like like to be able to, uh, and that's what I tell myself. I'm like, oh, they like this, you know, they want to be able to picture, you know, because sometimes you're reading something and you're, they describe the character and you don't like the description. Like it'll be some guy and they describe him and it'll be like, and he has a ponytail and you'll be like, oh, I don't like guys with ponytails. And then it's just ruined. You just can't even go on. So yeah, totally. Yeah. <laughs> Um, you've spoke a couple of times about your uh, readers group. You have a very dedicated 
bunch in there. And are you surprised by how multinational it is? Particularly, I think, British. You've got quite a lot of British bands in there. Yeah, that's probably thank you to Book a Tour for, for giving me more British fans. I appreciate that. Um, and uh, you know, I the, the group has been amazing. Um, I really enjoy interacting and telling stories. And um, so I recently like posted a video. I don't know if you saw it, Donna, about um, it's, it's a, a tour of my basement because I, so I live in this house and it is very, it is a very old house. It was, I think it was born, it was born. It was, it was made, it was made in about like 1800. And it's one of those houses where we have one outlet per like room and we're lucky to have that. So, but it, you know, the, the, the area we live in has really nice schools. Like they're, that's a, a great school district. So we kind of had to take what we could get. So like, if they're like, if they said to us, you're not getting electricity and you have to go to an outhouse, like we'd just be like, okay, at least the schools are good. So we, we took it, but it's a very old house. And, you know, when you open doors, the doorknob comes off. So our basement is this um basically it's a dungeon like if you've seen like silence of the lambs like it's a place where a murderer would put their victims to hide them um so my daughter told me that she hid this doll down in our basement and we decided late at night we were going to take a flashlight and go down to the basement and find the doll so the two of us went down there with the flashlight and i was like I was thinking that this was going to be so terrifying cobwebs and like and then we find the doll and it's this like little thing this big it's like a rubber doll and I was like are you kidding me we went even through all this and this is the, the doll but she actually gave me this for for the so this is the doll I thought we were gonna find and this, she gave me this is in her room so the the scariest dolls obviously go in a room. This is Annabelle, a, a famous doll. And it was, I think it was like $60 for this horrible thing. And it was bad enough, like when we got it and now she's like blacked out the eyes. So like this, she sleeps with this. So I just <laughs> wanted everyone to know that. <laughs> okay. Oh. Um, since you started writing, what's been your absolute highlight? What stood out for you? It's like, yes, this is what I wanted when I first started. There are just so many, but I, the thing I love most is getting um, emails from readers telling me that they that I inspired them in some way, that um, they, I inspired them to read again, that I inspired them to write. I get some um, emails from young people like in college or medical school saying, I want to be like you when I grow up, which makes me feel old a little bit. But it's also uh, it's also really nice to hear like everyone wants that to be a role model for people. So I love that part of it. It's um, it makes my day whenever I get an email like that. Yeah, I can imagine. Um if you were able to spend a day with any author, dead or alive, who would you like to spend a day with? Um, 
You know, that's a funny question. Like I, you get to ask that like at interviews and stuff. Um, I just, I, right off the bat, I kind of want to take dead people off the table. Cause just the idea of having like dinner with a zombie, like I just, it would creep me out. Like, uh, and you know, like it were like Shakespeare, like we probably wouldn't even understand each other. Do they speak like old English or something like that? So let's, let's keep it down to alive people. Um, but, I, and now I'm going to give a super boring answer, which I, which is, you know, I have a lot of author friends and I would just like to have dinner with my friends. You know, it'd be like so weird if like, say, you know, I, I so an author like Tess Gerritsen, like it would be, it'd be interesting, but it would, I feel so nervous and like, I wouldn't be able to enjoy the meal. And I'd just be like, oh, so, you know, I'd, I'd love to just have dinner with one of my author friends because we'd have fun and we'd, we'd get, um, we get something good to eat and something good to drink. And, um, then we get ice cream after. So that would be my, that would be my choice. Not what most people say, but <laughs> I met um, Tess Gerritsen this year and I have my photo with her. Yeah. It was... Oh my gosh. I <laughs> love her books. She's so, do so I, yeah. amazing. And, She's um, my role model. She's amazing. Yeah. And Kathy Reichs as well. Um, I'd done a forensic science degree because of her books, her and, um, and the body farm and Bill Bass and stuff. And um, I said, if ever I met her, then I would say thank you for inspiring me. And I did. And it was just like, oh, I never thought that would happen. And I think she was a bit taken aback because obviously everyone's just massively fangirling over her because, you know, it's Kathy Wrights and wow. And she was in the UK and she was like, oh, uh, you know, and are you going to carry on with it and stuff? And I'm like, yeah, well, hopefully. <laughs> so, yeah, that was really nice. But I uh, That's what I love. But we weren't allowed photos with her, but we were allowed photos with Tess. She's very tiny. Really? Yeah. Somehow <laughs> I imagined her just being giant. I don't know how. Yeah, and she's kind of Chinesey looking, which I was quite surprised by as well. I didn't realise that. You know, Tess Gerritsen's quite, you know, but yeah, she's very beautiful as well, but very tiny. <laughs> just as a random aside, yeah. So, uh I mean, for me, I think it would be Stephen King because that's just a traditional answer. But, you know, he's just a legend, so. Yeah, he's a legend. But I'd just be, I'd be so nervous. Like, I was just, I don't know. Like, I, I haven't, I haven't met many famous people. I've known a few famous people before they got famous, but I haven't, I don't think I've met any famous people. So I think, I don't know, maybe if I started to do that, I would feel differently. I'd be like, no, meeting famous people is cool. Like I'll keep doing that. So like, I'll let you know when I get to meet um, Chris Hemsworth, like how that goes. <laughs> yeah. Tell me if you could actually speak. Cause yeah, yeah. <laughs> that one would be okay. Actually, like we could have dinner together. That would be fine. <laughs> <laughs> if I met Chris Hemsworth, I think I'd just skip the dinner actually. Like, nah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, I don't need this food. That's okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah, yeah, Chris, don't worry. We're fine. We're good. <laughs> I'll yeah, give whatever you want to do, it's fine. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, if you're able to travel to any period of time, either forwards or backwards, where would you go? Um, I don't know. That is a that's a great question. I would probably go to the future, um, but I would love to see. Um, 
like a hundred years in the future, just to see like if everything was just like completely flooded. I'd just be curious about that. But um, I don't know. I, I think I'm, I'm kind of happy with living in this time period. I think, you know, it, it's like, as I said, you know, uh, I love that, you know, the self-publishing is a thing. It just like kind of all worked out for me. Like, I feel like I'm a person who's, some people say I'm, I'm living in the wrong time period. I should have been born 30 years ago or 50 years ago. I think I'm, I'm right where I should be. So I feel good about that. Yeah, I think the future scares me as much as the past does actually, so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think it would be really, and I love the movie Back to the Future. So it, it seems like it would be cool to time travel, but it also, it, it shows me that, you know, bad things could happen. Like, you know, I do something and my parents wouldn't meet and I wouldn't even exist. So it seems like pretty likely that would happen. So <laughs> yeah. I, I'd probably avoid time travel. But... <laughs> yeah, me too. Too scary. <laughs> um, do you have any pet hates? Pet hates? Oh, like pet peeves. Yeah, pet peeves. <laughs> Um, I, so I have, um, I, I would say my biggest pet peeve, and this is gonna, I'm, I'm gonna try not to go on a rant about this. It's, it's bathrooms. I get really mad over bathrooms. My kids will be like, are you talking about bathrooms again, mom? But I, so, so here's my thing. Like, there are, there are like an equal number of bathrooms for men and women right? But we all know women have smaller bladders. And we know that women take their children to the bathroom, like the, all the little children. So the women's bathroom is like the children's bathroom and the women's bathroom. And we don't have urinals, which is, is good because I don't know what we do with them, but we don't have them. And so like, you know, if you go to a show, like I've been to shows or things where it like you have an intermission and you go to the bathroom and there'll be a line like all over the place. Like there's no way to go to the bathroom. Whereas like men's like, there's no line at all. It makes me so mad. Like I go on these like long rants about it. And I was recently in the bath. <laughs> I was recently at a restaurant and there were two bathrooms, a men's bathroom and a women's bathroom, but they were just one room. So there was no reason to call one a women's bathroom and one a men's bathroom. They could have just said, you know, gender neutral, both of them. And of course, there's a line for the women's bathroom and one for the men's bathroom, and none, none for the men's bathroom. So I just went into the men's one. And the whole time I'm in there, I'm like waiting for somebody to knock on the door and be like, like, get out. Like, this is not your bathroom. And I was like ready, like with all my rants. <laughs> but it didn't happen. I, I was allowed to use the bathroom without incident. Um, but it, it does make me very angry when that happens. Totally, 100% with you on that. It's ridiculous. I mean, yeah. And how have they not figured this out? You know, this has been going on for yeah. years. So please, just have stop all the seen, women's. Yeah, I, I have seen some more. Um, I was at a theater recently and I saw they had a women's bathroom and a gender neutral bathroom and no men's bathroom. So I thought that was like a, a step in the right direction. So I'm, I'm hopeful for the future. So, you know, 10 years in the future, maybe this problem will be sorted out. Oh, yeah, I hope so. Because there's nothing worse, is there? Especially when you're busting and then you see the queue. Oh, and yeah. just like, oh. <laughs> I mean, I almost didn't get back in time for the second act of, Wick of Wicked because of this. 
So it really makes me mad. I, of course, then what, what will I rant about? What will I? <laughs> We're women. We'll find something. There's yeah, always oh, something yeah. annoying. Yeah. <laughs> um, is there anywhere in the world you'd love to travel to? I would love to go right now. I would just love to go on some sort of Caribbean vacation. Like it, I'm not, I'm not on a specific place in mind, but somewhere I'm, I'm actually watching uh, the series right now, um, White Lotus. And even though obviously, I don't know if you've seen it, but everything happening is horrible, but it looks like a really nice place. It's like Hawaii. I'm like, that looks awesome. Except for like all the, you know, horrible things everyone's doing to each other. But the, the place, the resort looks lovely. And I've never been on a trip like that. Every trip has been, okay, we're going to go to, you know, France and we're going to see 20 different churches today. And then tomorrow we're going to see, the, and I was like, this is not fun. So I, I just want to have a vacation where I just lie on a beach and drink my drink and that's it. Nobody talks to me. I'm just reading and drinking my drink and that's it. Um, what's the best read or best few reads you've had so far this year? Like book-wise? Yeah. Um, let's see. Well, right now I'm reading a book that I'm actually really enjoying called um, Pachinko. Have you heard of it? Vaguely, I think. Yeah, yeah it's about... Um, Japan slash Korea in the early 20th century and it's really interesting it's not the kind of thing I would usually read as I said I usually read thrillers but um, I'm, I'm actually very much enjoying it it's written in a very simple way and um, I like reading about people who are working doing well at being hard workers and making the best of life and I, I just so far I'm really enjoying it and before that, I read Tess Gerritsen's new book, which was also awesome, which I knew it would be, of course. Of course. Yeah, I've got that to read. I'm a bit behind because uh, yeah, no, yeah, my good. TBR is crazy. It's <laughs> just insane. Yes, I'm sure. I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, it just is. Oh, but I love it. I don't care. I love every second of it. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I love having a book. Um, when you're in the middle of reading a book, it's like, it's like being with a friend. It's like the book is your friend. And I, particularly is like 500 pages. So I'm going to be with this friend for a little while. So I'm wow. looking forward to it. Um, that's my favorite place to be like, like a hundred pages into the book when you're kind of into it and you're like excited to see what happens next. Yeah. So I think um, JK Rowling has a new book out um, under her pen name next month maybe and her last one was about that thick which I yeah. haven't read yet she, so. she always gives you a lot for a big bang for your buck so I appreciate that she does that and she's just she's amazing like I would not think that I could read 200 pages of a Quidditch game and, <laughs> and enjoy it and somehow like I do I'm like this is this is phenomenal how does she do this I know I and people that haven't read it and stuff you just can't explain it. it's like you have to read it like it's it's not a kid's book it just isn't like you know the whole yeah. series gets really dark so yeah it's very dark it's just it's it's not the kind of thing I would think I would like like if somebody said you know you're gonna really enjoy this series about a boy witch who goes to witch school and plays a game like called Quidditch and his little friends like, I'd be like, no, come on, that's ridiculous. 
because isn't it classed as high fantasy or something? And, you know, if, if someone said to me, you know, one of your favourite books ever would be high fantasy, but I, don't be crazy. Yeah, like, I like crime, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's just something, there's just something about it. And I don't know what, I can't even put my finger on what it is. It's just good. Absolutely, totally agree. Um, if anyone asks you for a book recommendation, um, what's the first thing that comes to mind for you out of all the ones you've ever read? Is there one that stood out for you? Um, so, you know, one of my old favorites is uh, Rebecca by Daphne Du Maurier. I love that book. It was one of my favorites as a kid. And I just, um, I always recommend it. Um, one that I read more recently, like in the last decade that I really love, and a lot of people haven't heard of it, but it's called um, Maud by Donna Mabry. Have you heard of it? I think I have actually, weirdly, yeah. It is, it's, it's another long one. It's 500 pages, but I think I read it in a day. It was just, it's about, it's, it's a biography of the woman's grandmother, but it's written first person from her point of view. And it's about her life in the 1900s spanning the century and it's I I'm not making it sound good but it, it's so good I, and it's just like about you know being a woman like in the early part of the 20th century and like what she had to do to survive and it was uh, I think at the time I read it, it was like number one or number two on Amazon and it was one of those books like oh yeah I could see why this is doing so well it was just so good and I, I recommend it to everyone it's just it's a it's a beautiful book it's very sad though so you have to be ready for that um if you read where the cool dads sing I have not um it's it's a beautiful book it's beautifully written a little too beautiful for me I like I like books that are, are written kind of for young adults but actually for adults like that kind of simple writing and it, like books that are more like a poem which I think is kind of what that is I, I just I it's not how my brain works plus I'm usually reading while my kids are watching tv and there's like 20 things going on in the background so if it isn't written in a simple way it's just I'm reading the same sentence over and over again so see normally I'm the same and I loved it I absolutely oh. loved it and normally like all that floaty you know fancy language and stuff I'm like oh but I found it beautiful and I loved it but I know a lot of people haven't but yeah I, I I'm sure it's an amazing book I'm gonna try it someday maybe when the kids are moved out well I mean you've got the film so you could watch that's the true, film and then if you if you don't like the story, then there's no point. That's true. Yeah. Um, well, I don't think I have any more questions for you, um, unless you think there's anything specifically I haven't asked you that you want to tell us about. Um, nothing you haven't asked me, but I just wanted to point out one thing. There's something, um, there's this kind of running joke in my uh, reader group about uh, Frida puts a lot of snowflake necklaces in her books. So I wore my snowflake necklace. <laughs> just so you know like what I was looking at when I when I thought of this when I put it in the book um you can't see it very well but it is a snowflake and um I didn't murder anyone to get it like it wasn't <laughs> used to strangle me at any point it's just a necklace that I like okay that's good to know <laughs> um so you said you've got your next self-published book out in September then your next book chore one next March and then do you know what you're doing after that 
I, I actually may have a book between those two, first of all. Um, wow. And I'll probably do um, a release in June if all goes to plan. But I do have another book um, that is ready to go ish with some editing. So, uh, or I might write something between then and now that I like even better, and that one will get pushed off. So the the future is very unclear. So we'll see. But I there will definitely be one. Definitely have my release. Uh, Never lie, September nineteenth, uh, and then. Uh, I forget when in March, but the end of second half of March will be the housemaid sequel. Yeah, I'm sure we'll find out anyway. Book two are quite good. Um, oh yeah, yes, yeah. It will be on that uh, alley, I'm sure. Ah uh, yes, fabulous, so, so, even yeah. better. <laughs> um, okay, so before we go, would you just like to tell everyone where they can buy your books from and where they can find about more about you if they would like to? So you know, I'm. I'm very heavy on Amazon. You can always go to my Amazon page and follow me there. Um, if you follow me anytime um, a new book comes up for pre-order or release, you'll find out about it. Um, and now my books uh, are gonna be in bookstores more. Uh, Grand Central has taken over uh, the paperback version for the housemaid. So that's gonna be distributed. It's gonna be in Target, it's gonna be in Walmart, Barnes and Noble. So, Hopefully, you know, in the next couple of months, you'll be seeing my books a lot more on the street. And uh, I'd love to see pictures if we could take them. But um, so but Amazon is always going to have them. So if you ever aren't sure and I have a, a bio there that, you know, I'd like to think is amusing. So <laughs> check it out. Brilliant. Well, thank you so much. It's been a pleasure. Thank you for having me.